the Cambridge Marketing Podcast with Kieran Kapoor. Brought to you by Cambridge Marketing College. See their range of courses and apprenticeships at marketingcollege.com. Hello and welcome. Today we are in the world of Google Ads and I'm delighted to welcome Jared Spiewak. Jared set up Comic Fuel, um, which helped their clients um, use their ad spend. And we're going to go into lots of detail about what that is and what it means. Jared, welcome. First of all, where are you geographically? Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I am in New Hampshire, which is about an hour north of Boston on the east coast of the States. And what's the weather like where you are? Um, honestly, pretty, pretty close to the UK at this time of year. Less rain, but it is cold, it is gray, it is sad, it is miserable. So every time I am back at, in the UK, usually in Brighton, it is uh, very familiar. Feels like home. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Can we start with what Comic Fuel does? You have a lovely line of um, get results, not excuses. So what does Comic Fuel do? Yeah, so Comic Fuel is a revenue marketing agency that specializes in Google Ads. So basically our clients come to us and they say, hey, I want to make more money. We help them make more money. But then what we specialize in is really attributing that marketing spend to revenue because that's just a massive disconnect we found with our clients who are service-based businesses where part of the sales cycle happens offline is that there's so much guesswork into what is actually working, where the sales actually coming from. Uh, and, and we just found that closing that gap was just, just made it a massive impact for everything that we are doing. So that's where our specialty lies. Yes, it can seem quite a sort of um, black box world where people throw sort of weird words at you and weird acronyms and you've no real idea what you're spending your money on. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I know you, you started your first business at 14, so you're, you're quite a serial entrepreneur, I gather. Yeah, partly through um, just kind of being bored and wanting to do things, I guess. Uh, when I was uh, when I was 14, I decided I wanted to graduate high school early, not because I was particularly smart, just because I wasn't particularly a fan of school. So I ended up uh, starting college at 15, graduated high school at 16, needed to figure out how to make money to pay for part of that, because uh, at least here you can't really work until you're at least 16. And so I went online where you know people don't ask your age. I started writing online, so I was writing for about a penny a word, sometimes less, doing a lot of SEO articles. So that kind of introduced me to marketing. At this time, I didn't really know what I wanted to do in school. And that kind of pushed me down the path of going to school for marketing, uh, led to me working uh, for a corporate real estate company when I was 17, worked there for about a year, moved into working for a digital marketing agency for about two years that focused on law firms, and then eventually started my own agency from there. Did you, was your first agency Comic Fuel or did you have other agencies as well? Um, technically. So the first agency, quote unquote, that I started was called Cicada Development. It was a web design company that lasted for three months. Uh, the reason being was I very quickly learned that while I enjoy uh, programming, I did not enjoy doing that while uh, getting people to pay me for that work. It, it's just not the type of work that I that I enjoy. It, it's still, you know, the web design projects are still very, uh, very annoying to me, uh, whether it's uh, for us or, you know, when other clients are going through it. It's can just so many moving parts. So that was a very short-lived endeavor. Uh, from there, what I ended up doing was off the back of the agency that I worked for, uh, I was in SEO at the time, and that led to me starting an SEO agency called Blue Dog Media in 2018. The same L LLC then transitioned to Common Fuel as we rebranded in 20 throughout 2020, but it didn't go public until 2021. And which over time, very simply, what we noticed was uh, 
as we start to offer Google ads, we noticed that we were growing faster and our clients' businesses were growing faster through ads than it was for SEO. And because my, uh, my main goal is to help our clients make more money, it just made sense for us to make that transition. So the way that I look at it is if even with Google ads, if Google ads tomorrow becomes no longer a great medium to, uh, to make more money, then we will no longer be doing Google ads tomorrow either. Fair enough. You you have some um, lovely lines um, that you on your website and the way you describe yourself. I'm particularly keen on your make your competitors weep. So you, you're <laughs> you're really convinced that you can you you can help companies to to make more money doing Google Ads. So we all assume we know what Google Ads are, but I suspect there's much more to it than most people realise. So can you very simply just describe what we are talking about with the Google Ad and is it is it what everybody thinks of it? Yeah, so Google has a couple of different ad networks. The one that most everybody's going to be familiar with, well, the two that most people will be familiar with is Google Search. So you search for something on Google, and at the top there's going to be anywhere from one to four ads uh, throughout the other pages as well. There's also going to be uh, Google Shopping, which can also run on Google Search as well. When you search for a product and you see it on the right-hand side or at the top of the search page or on the Shopping tab, there's the a YouTube network. So Google owns YouTube. So if you're running ads on YouTube, you do that through the Google Ads network. There's the Google Display Network, which is when you run ads on other people's websites. So if you're reading an article online and you see ads throughout the content or on the sidebar or the header, etc., uh, there are various ad networks, but that might be Google Ads network as well. There's also a couple of other smaller networks um, that aren't as commonly used, but those are the main ones. Okay. So when we're talking about Google Ads, we should think of all four, those four that you, you've, you've talked about there, or do you concentrate on one particular type of those, or does it depend on what you're trying to sell? Yeah, so it's definitely going to depend on uh, what your business does. If you're an e-commerce business, then you're going to be eligible for the shopping network. If you're not e-commerce, then you're not going to be eligible for that network. Okay. A lot of businesses don't have uh, any sort of video creative, and so YouTube probably isn't going to be uh, a great source. If you just throw up like a you know a $10 video that you that you bought somewhere on the web, probably not going to perform that well. So where most people will spend most of their budget is going to be on the search network. When Google, uh, when people are searching for things, this is, uh, you know, really why Google exists is because of their search network and how uh, uh, popular it's become over the years, uh, well, decades really. And uh, so that's where probably I would hazard, I guess, at least for us, that's where our clients spend like 80 to 90% of their budget. And then as they grow, as they scale, they start to introduce some of these other ad networks where it can take a little bit longer to figure out how it works. Because with Google search, you know exactly what that person's looking for. This person's raising their hand today and they're saying, I need car insurance. I want to buy a house and I need to find a realtor. I... Um, I want to buy, you know, red widgets or what have you. And so you know the intent of the user and you're uh, putting yourself in front of them and then you're basically uh, convincing them one way or another to uh, get into your funnel or to purchase from you, what have you. Where outside of that network, you have to do more audience-based testing, more creative-based testing, and where it's just like, who, who am I actually trying to reach? What creative will actually get them to this next step? What do I have to offer them for them to be willing to actually enter into my funnel? Because they're not looking to buy anything right now. They're just watching a video on YouTube. You know, if I say, hey, come buy a $400 product, probably not going to happen. <laughs> yes, uh, that's, that's a very good point. Okay, so you talk about um, on your website, you talk about um, conversion rates and conversion volumes and the cost per acquisition. You have processes that you go through in order to understand 
where companies are and how you can improve those. So can you sort of talk us through what your, what your processes are, what the steps are that you would do? Yeah, sure. So uh, tracking is very important. It's the most important thing to, to get correct because if you're not tracking your performance and everything's a guess and the worst thing you can do is be in a position where you feel like it's working or you feel like it's not working because then everybody is going to inevitably be at everybody's throat. I can't help somebody who felt like things were better six months ago or felt like the phone rang six months ago. That's not actionable information uh, mm -hmm. that we can use. Now, to, you know, could we turn on what was running six months ago, see what happens once we have that tracking? Sure. Uh, but when we're operating on feelings, uh, we don't really know uh, what's what, you know, what we're right about, what we're wrong about. And so at the very least, I tell everyone, if you're making money or you're losing money, the most important thing is that you actually know that. Because if you're just basing it off feelings, you have no idea where you are. And the amount of times I've seen companies think, hey, we're actually making most of our revenue comes from Google Ads. We set up the tracking. Very little of that revenue is actually coming in from Google Ads. And then, oh, whoops, it actually was coming in from SEO. We never realized that. And we've been allocating our budget in a, com in a completely different area that we had no idea was where our, our money was actually coming from. We've been wasting all this money on this platform. So what we want to do first is go, okay, well, what's the simplest thing to track? Most people will be able to track this. Phone calls, form fills. Uh, we work with lead gen companies. So that's going to be the majority of it, you know, calendly bookings, that sort of stuff as well. So that's fairly straightforward. But what we very quickly learned is that there's a big problem, though, is if you're only tracking leads, uh, leads are not revenue. There's a lot of steps that, have to, that you have to go through. You know, the, whoever is supposed to contact that lead has to contact them quickly. They have to, uh, they have to uh, talk to them in a manner that uh, helps them you know, proceed throughout that sales process. They have to give good pricing. The fulfillment team has to actually do a good job. They have to not get a refund, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So all those steps have to happen before you make money. And your goal of advertising, step one, is to make more money, which is you know, step 50, let's say. So what we want to then do is say, okay, well, let's track this down further because we've been in so many scenarios where we see, wow, we got more leads this month, but we didn't get more revenue. Mm -hmm. Or we got fewer leads this month, but we had more revenue. And so businesses also learn quite quickly, well, why do I even look at these reports? Why do I even care about the stats of the marketing if I'm finding it hard to correlate consistently between the performance metrics that we're looking at in the ad account and the actual performance metrics that we're looking at in the business itself. Mm -hmm. So then what we had to do is basically figure out how do we track further down that funnel? How can we then use that data to optimize the campaign? For example, sometimes you might find that one of your salespeople just isn't very good at closing for a particular marketing channel. Not because they're not good at sales, but because if 70% of the leads that they were handling before were all... Uh, referrals or word of mouth, etc. And now all of a sudden they're, they're talking to people that have objections that have never heard of the company that, you know, heard about it for five seconds. They clicked it, mm -hmm. picked up the phone and called. All of a sudden you might see that your close rates go down. And if we have the data to look at that and go, hey, actually, um, Jessica closes the Google ads at like 40%. Uh, Bob is only closing at like 20%. Maybe we can change up things internally, not our responsibility, but to, mm -hmm. we can communicate this and hope that that gets done to say, hey, uh, maybe more of those leads should go to Jessica because she's closing it better. Or maybe we can figure out why Bob isn't closing them as well, and maybe Jessica can help Bob figure that out, or maybe there's something that has to change there. And so what we found is that we were able to solve problems for uh, a lot of clients that simply 
uh, other agencies just hadn't, uh, because it's often, honestly, just not in their scope of work to do. But what we kept hearing is, oh, we've worked with you know, three, four, five, six, seven different people, and these problems have never been solved. It's always been a lead quality issue. There's the, the, the leads don't close or, or what have you. And as we started to take this back and track further down the sales uh, funnel or process, we started to notice just uh, other problems that we could solve, even sometimes things as simple as, hey, 85% of your leads aren't being attached to a salesperson in your CRM because there's an automation that's broken and the person that created that automation left the company two years ago and just nobody <laughs> noticed it. Mm -hmm. And because we're looking at this for the first time, we're going into that system and saying, hey, um, where do I find this thing? And then the client's going, um, well, it should be there. You know, let, let's figure out why it's not. And then that problem gets solved. You do sound like you're talking from experience here. And it's so, it, it is how companies work. You miss things when you're running a company. Yeah, abs absolutely. And one of the things that, that I enjoy, and it is hard for us to process because it is custom for each client because it depends on what systems that they're on. But it is nice to go into a system and be like, hey, this is our first time seeing it. What, let me just ask some questions. Like, where do I find this information? Like, what happens when somebody clicks on this? Uh, even things as simple as uh, allocating budget across states. If you're operating in multiple territories, you know, whether that's multiple countries or multiple states in, in here, uh, you might have individual teams that have to fulfill that in those states. And so you have different limits of, you know, how much marketing spend can go there, how many uh, customers you can handle in those areas. And what we found in some instances is you might get a lead in one state and your CRM says that, oh, that lead was for Georgia. And then, but in actuality, that person searched from Florida, but they own, let's say, a home in Georgia. And that's mm -hmm. why they needed to work in Georgia. But guess mm -hmm. what happens? The marketing team says, hey, we're getting results for Florida. The sales team says, hey, we're getting re results for Georgia. Then the marketing team gets called, hey, decrease the Florida spend, increase the Georgia spend. Whoa, why isn't Georgia performing anymore? Mm -hmm. Not not because anybody did anything wrong, but because mm -hmm. the teams weren't working together to understand how that data actually works across those platforms, across those analytics, uh, to be working together. And we've just seen so many instances like that, so many times where we were able to kind of jump in and be like, hey, uh, we think that there's a problem that can be solved much faster outside of the ad account that will help the ad account perform well. That mm -hmm. we just started getting more and more used to it, and then we, we've just been building up our overall processes to, uh, to do them more efficiently, basically. One of the things that I was very intrigued by your website was you said you didn't, conver con you didn't care about conversions or clicks. And yet one of the things that so often we get hung up with when we're talking about Google Ads is conversions and clicks. So can you explain what, was, what your meaning was there? Yeah, so I have a couple different things that I'll go to, either from like, hey, like, I, I could care less what your click-through rate is. I don't care how many clicks you're getting. I honestly don't even care how many leads you're getting. What I, all I care about is how much money are you making, how much money are you spending, and is the ratio between the two acceptable? Everything else is just a way to diagnose one of the, why one of those two things is not happening or one of those three things is not happening. And that's to kind of get, uh, try and hit home the point where, yes, it doesn't matter if you get a thousand leads. If all of those leads uh, didn't turn into sales, then something's going wrong. Now, it might not be a problem within the ad account, but it's important that if we're saying, hey, this is, we're going to measure if this is working based off of revenue, then we need to make sure we're talking about revenue, we're not talking about leads. 
Now, from a statistics standpoint, sometimes you don't have enough uh, new customers or data coming in to be able to say, hey, you know, we're going to base what's working off of, you know, what happens eight, down, eight steps down the line because it's going to take us four years of collecting data to have enough of a sample size. Uh, but our goal is to work towards that and make sure that we're always paying attention to what actually matters. So uh, it, it's just a trying to, to, to reframe because every report that uh, most people will come across is focusing on conversions or, or leads. That's what 90% of people are, are tracking up to. Uh, but again, just kind of coming in there and saying, hey, uh, we, we, you've probably experienced it. We've all experienced it. We've had months where we've got more leads, but the revenue was down. We've mm-hmm. gotten uh, fewer leads and the revenue was up. Uh, we, that, that means that our marketing isn't predictable, which means that's not scalable, which means that we can't confidently grow or scale this channel if we put more money into it and then we're like, whoa, yes, we got more leads, but revenue's down. Like that that's not a sound business decision. You you know, your E V on that is not going to be very positive. Yes. And again, I think that's something we we hear a lot where you just you just get stuck at what we would call a vanity metrics. You just stuck at I get I get the leads, but actually if they're not going anywhere then that's that's a problem. Okay. So you talk about testing the waters, you know, I can get you from scaling it up from testing the waters through to some top line. So how do you test the waters for Google Ads? Yeah, so this will be dependent on the type of business you are, because depending on the type of business you are, you might pay under a dollar, under a pound per click, or you might pay over a $100 per click. So a starting budget is going to vary wildly depending on your industry. But uh, with testing the waters, you're going to start off with a relatively small budget most of the time. There's tons of ways to look at it. If you're on the more expensive uh, cost per click side of things, I would recommend going for an estimated five leads per month at a minimum. If you're on the smaller uh, side of things, then it might be like 50 or 100, depending on just how low your cost per click actually is. Uh, But the goal is like, hey, we're not necessarily trying to uh, investigate this marketing channel and make a ton of money right now. What we're trying to do is find if there's a path to profitability. We're not looking to necessarily immediately day one, because you know chances are it's not going to happen, spend a dollar and make $8 from that. Like You're going to need to figure things out. If it was that simple, you could set it up in a couple minutes and see the return. Everybody would be doing it, which means that it would no longer work because it'd be too competitive and the cost would increase very quickly. So what we need to do first is put a healthy amount of budget into it and start to find a path to profitability, which is very simply, did we spend a dollar and we made 30 cents? Okay, great. How can we spend a dollar and make 50 cents and 75 cents? Then spend a dollar and make a dollar. Because once we get to the point of we spent a dollar, we made a dollar and a penny, we can sustain that indefinitely. And if we, given an infinite amount of time, we'd have an infinite amount of money. Now, obviously, that's not super realistic. We're not all going to be here for forever. But the uh, getting to the point of profitability is the hard part. Uh, once you get there, things become way easier because then you can sit back and breathe. You're not, you know, your cash flow isn't being negatively affected. You're not going further into the red. You're not uh, seeking additional funding, depending on the type of business and what stage you're in, to try and uh, find some sort of customer acquisition channel. But if you can first just figure out, okay, great, uh, how can I start to find a path to profitability? improve it over time, I can measure that I'm heading in the right direction. If it's super inconsistent or it's uh, heading in the wrong direction, then maybe it's not the right channel, maybe it's not the right time, etc. But start small, test the waters, basically go, hey, am I starting to make money on this? And then from there, okay, great. What happens if we increase our spend from uh, 2000 a month to 
3500 a month. Are we still profitable on that or do we lack profitability again? And then maybe we have to adjust further to find out how we can be profitable on that 3500 in spend because maybe our cost per click rose a little bit too much, what have you. But as we find that profitability, increase the input, increase the output, and then over time, again, even if you're only making a penny for every dollar that you spend in profit, uh, you're not losing money. You have time, you have breathing room, you have runway. Uh, so the the start off small, increase it slowly over time, but make sure you're actually measuring what matters so that you're heading towards something that actually uh, is valuable and not like, hey, we're increasing our click-through rate uh, every month for the past six months. doesn't matter. You can have a super high click-through rate and not make any money. You can have a super low click-through rate and make a ton of money. Okay. And... Um I mean, you, the, what I found interesting there was actually you were starting on a smaller budget than I was, and even I was expecting. So it really can be quite small to start and just see where it goes. Um, yeah. Do Google Ads work for everybody? I mean, if if everybody got it, followed it through, would it always work? Or are there industries it doesn't work for? I wouldn't necessarily say that there's industries that it wouldn't work for. I'm sure there are. Um, if... If you're in a position where nobody searches for what you have, like if you're first to market, it can be pretty tough because it's a very mature platform. Uh, Google's been around, Google Ads has been around for over 20 years at this point. So the, the cost per clicks aren't cheap. You're competing against uh, brands that are much bigger than you that have a lot more data. And so if you're coming in here as a first to market product, uh, if you're not funded, I tend to find that you, know, you should probably go the gorilla marketing route. For specific industries, um, you know, as you mentioned for, uh, for budget earlier, that's really what I think matters a lot. Like if you're a like, we'll talk to like personal injury attorneys where you can spend you know fifty, sixty, seventy, a hundred plus dollars per click. If you try and start a personal injury campaign where you're spending a hundred dollars per click with a two thousand dollar month budget, maybe it'll work. But you're collecting so little data that it's really just chance, or you're gonna have to just put that money in there and wait a long time before you actually know how well it's doing or if you actually know if the changes that you're making are making a, a positive improvement. So in those cases, that's when you're looking at, hey, maybe a minimum of you know, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars a month just to start, and you're gonna need to sustain that for probably at least three to four months before deciding if you are reaching that path to profitability or if you found that or if you're actually making consistent progress towards it. Now you might be also profitable day one. We've worked with companies where the very first click they got just so happened to turn into a customer. Like that can happen as well, but it's it's not as common. Uh, so, depending on your budget requirements, it, it may not be the right platform for you at this time. Uh, and it also depends on, uh, especially for search, how how often are people searching for you? If you are offering something that people are searching for, it's a lot easier to start that sales conversation than if you have to convince them that they're interested in what you have to offer in the first place. And if somebody was listening and went, wow, I really need to try this, is this something you can just try? Do you, uh, do you need to do it through an agency? What's, where does one even start with that testing the water? Yeah, so I highly recommend everybody go the DIY route, at least at first. Uh, the reason being is that if you don't have a baseline, you can't tell if whoever you've hired, whether that's internal or external, is doing a, is doing a good job. Uh, this is 
how we got started with ads as well. We had a we had an SEO client at the time that wanted ads. We said, hey, we don't know how to do ads, but you will only hire us. So if we do it, so we're going to just have to figure it out. So we started to figure it out and we went, okay, great. Let's hire someone who's a professional at this. And that professional got worse results than we were getting without knowing what we were doing. <laughs> so like from there, it was just like, okay, well, maybe we won't work with them. Maybe we'll continue to, to, to work on this. And you know, it, it kind of uh, went well over time. Uh, but the um, kind of the, the why I recommend DIY is so you create that baseline. You have an idea as to you know is, is maybe it's a complete dumpster fire. Maybe you maybe you're expecting to pay a hundred dollars per lead and you're paying five hundred dollars per lead. But hey, if you hire someone and you're like, hey, we've been at this for two months, we're paying eight hundred dollars per lead. You know that something has gone wrong. Uh, whereas if you started off, you had no data and you're paying eight hundred dollars per lead, you don't know if that's because oh maybe our our brand just isn't that interesting to people right now. Maybe our messaging isn't correct. Maybe we haven't found the right keywords, et cetera, et cetera. So you create that baseline. It creates a little bit more security, and it's a little uh, safer uh, compared to if you have nothing, you just you know put it out there and hope for the best. So I recommend the DIY route, and I honestly recommend going to YouTube and just searching for you know, how to create a Google Ads campaign or put in your industry, you know, how to create a uh, Google Ads campaign for a lawyer, for an accountant, for uh, a beauty salon, whatever type of business that you have. And if you're in a common field, chances are there's a thousand videos of people talking about how to create an ad account for your business. Start there. Ask questions like, hey, how do I track when somebody fills out a form? Google it. You'll probably find the answer. And you can set it up. And if you're like, hey, this is a step that I'm getting stuck on, maybe it's worth it to pay a consultant for an hour just to be like, hey, I don't understand the technical side of the conversion tracking. Can you just set that up for me? And then I'll manage the account. Or, hey, can you just check what I set up in like 20 minutes and just tell me what I've done wrong? Get baseline data and then go from there. If it's working, manage it yourself for now. If it's no longer working, look, uh, talk to somebody else. See if they can do a better job. Brilliant. That's such a lovely way of looking at it. And do, how long do would you, how long is a piece of trade, but how long in a period of time would you give that sort of testing the water phase? I recommend a minimum of three months. Um, now there are some caveats, but what I'm typically looking to see over those three months is that we're making moves in the right direction. Now, we might find that in those three months, we're still not uh, at the point of profitability, we maybe aren't uh, seeing that we're going to be profitable within the next couple of months, and we might just need to call it because we have other marketing channels that are doing better. But uh, generally, I would say, hey, put it, try it for at least three months so that you have time to try and fix things. I wouldn't expect things to go perfectly the, at the first attempt, uh, but as you collect data... You need time to be able to collect that data. You need time to be able to think about uh, what decisions you want to make to try and improve things. You need time to make those changes. You need time to uh, measure if that change was impactful. And you might be wrong. You might have five different ideas for how to improve things. That doesn't mean all those five ideas are going to be winners. Three of those may actually be steps backwards. Uh, and then the other two might be uh, massive successes uh, moving forward. Uh, but you have to have the time to be able to a-B test. Okay, we tried the first thing, it didn't work. We tried the second thing, it worked a little bit, but not that much. We tried the third thing, it didn't work. Oh, the fourth thing made a lot of progress. Uh, but if you try it, and hey, we tried it for two weeks and it didn't work, uh, you know, I wouldn't expect it to work. That's absolutely brilliant. Jared Spiewak, thank you of uh, Comet Fuel. Thank you so much for your time and your insights and for making um, what can seem quite a difficult subject very, very simple. Um, thank you very much indeed. Yeah, thank you for having me. The Cambridge Marketing Podcast from Cambridge Marketing College, training marketing and PR professionals across the globe.